so Amazon came out with a microwave, a smart microwave, a voice-activated one. Wow. Have you guys heard about this? Not yet. All right, so it connects to your Alexa speakers throughout your house, and not only does it, not only does it easy to use, you know, Alexa, pop me some popcorn or whatever, or defrost my peas and all that, but they're tying it into using it for health insurance purposes. So watch this, because now they're knowing what people are cooking at their house, and so they're seeing how many bags of popcorn that they're eating, how often they're actually using their actual microwave, and they're using that data, they're leveraging it with insurance companies to say, this guy deserves a better premium because all he does is eat vegetables at home because he's defrosting peas and doing this and that. Wow. So they're leveraging all that tech to kind of look at that angle of it. Sick, right? That is insane. I did hear that Amazon was going to have their own health plan, um, working with doctors and hospitals. Yeah. So they've recently partnered up with J.P. Morgan and um, J.P. Morgan and Brookshire Hathaway. Okay. They have like a joint venture they're going together where they're starting their own insurance plan, insurance company, just for their employees internally first, mm-hmm. and they're leveraging all that data, like little things like even once you use your Alexa speaker, they can tell whether you had good sleep based off your tone of voice, mm-hmm. or whether you're a little cough and you got like a little roughness in your voice, yeah. and they're leveraging that data to actually figure out better premiums and preventive care. It's pretty, wow. yeah. It's, what's up everyone i'm joe lemon thank you so much for tuning back into the podcast you're listening to the real value exchange podcast and you know i've been pushing really hard on just trying to highlight some of these things that are going on throughout throughout the uh, healthcare space as well as people just doing good work that's really what i'm up to people that are creating opportunities and businesses and platforms for other people right that's the that's kind of what's tugging on my heartstrings recently and so you just heard a quick conversation with me and one of my clients alice from co-physical therapy they're based out of irvine california really good people down there man i really love stopping past and they're coming out with their own podcast so can't wait for you guys to check out their their podcast but we were talking about you know amazon and in how they're you know really trying to challenge how healthcare is going to evolve and it's probably gonna look really different over the next decade it's not going to happen overnight but these things that they're doing from the employer side where they're you know literally taking more control driving the actual um you know process from the from start to finish whereas right now it's kind of it's so fragmented right so like um you know if you want to have really good care you're pretty much you have to take charge yourself that's how i look at it like you have to catch things early you have to be proactive seek out preventative measures uh exercise movement is medicine all that's got to be in your hands and so that's the current system and then when you get sick then you use your insurance right when it's an emergency then you start using your insurance and hopefully it doesn't bankrupt you <laughs> that's unfortunately how how the system is uh, structured today but you know um you know where it's going is that i think that that employers are going to take more ownership here and saying hey let's provide services that will help keep our employers healthier and happier um because it, it makes good business sense not only is a good, the right thing to do, but it also makes good business sense because we won't pay as much for them to have knee replacement surgery down the line if we get them moving and help correct any type of you know uh, movement patterns that they may be having uh, right now. So if we catch those early, we, we'll pay less down the line. Pretty simple math. I think a lot of us got that. And um, you know, it's just wild that it's taking so long for our healthcare system to kind of catch on to it. But that was fun talking to Alice about that. And this kind of leads me into today's conversation. So today I'm going to um, share a quick interview that I did with the guys from Climate AI, and this is with Humanchu and Brona. Man, these guys are super sharp, uh, and they created this actual platform that helps companies understand the changes in weather patterns, right? 
So with everything that's going on in climate change, pretty much, you know, if you're in construction or if you're a grower, uh, farmer, I should say, or you're in big agriculture, you know, if it's, if there's going to be a drought in your area, that's really going to dramatically impact how you go about doing business. And so they've created a platform to help people kind of predict those patterns a little bit better or a lot better. And that's and their goal is to really uh, kind of move move the world into being more socially conscious from that area and really focus and try to get some hard data, objective uh, data around, you know, the reasons how climate is really impacting all of us. So. I was really impressed with them. They're really bright. Stanford, Princeton, Harvard, Berkeley guys. Uh, young startup out of San Francisco. So I had a chance to link up with them in person when I was there um, earlier last month, I believe. And, you know, we just really hit it off. And, I, and they got their own podcast coming out. So should be a lot of good things in the works. I hope you guys sit back and enjoy this episode. Check them out. I'll have the show notes to links so you can find them um, and have links links to their website and in the email addresses, all that in the show notes, I should say. And always, please rate the podcast. Tell a friend about the podcast if you think it's valuable. If you don't think it's valuable, let me know so I can make it better because I want to do this so I can actually give you guys something of value and give you something that's that's going to be worth tuning into on a regular basis. And, you know, again, I'm trying to build a community too. So um, if you have any meaningful thoughts around healthcare, if you have any meaningful, um, you know, opinions about some, some really good uh, business ideas that are taking off or if you're in a startup or if you or if you're working on some projects now that are revolutionary or you think are really just doing good work i don't care how big the business is you know i want to even highlight and put more time and effort into putting spending more um time highlighting i should say on some of the local level guys i think you can turn on some you know some of your major networks and and you can really catch some of the some of the guys like amazon and you know things that they were kind of promoting uh, you can find those find those stories, but I want to share the local level stuff. So if you're a part of something that's grassroots, that's that needs a little bit more coverage, let me know. I would love to jump on the microphones with you, give you some exposure. Uh, you can always reach me at joealexlemon.work, or you know, feel free to hit, send me a voice note right through Anchor, or just you know, find me on any social media platform at joealexlemon. With that said, I'm done rambling. Let's get into today's interview. like to kind of get right into it and keep a more casual type of conversation and it's like we were talking about how do you measure quality on your podcast you know like you guys are getting into podcasting you guys you guys are launching a show for climate ai have you guys thought about an actual name yet Did you guys have a name for the podcast yeah we are still debating that okay uh, a few options have come up okay uh, for example agriculture adapts uh, what's it called ag adapt ag adapt okay uh that's one. What are the other options, Bona? I think New Farmer's Almanac would be cool. Oh, well. I like New that. New Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. Respect that. All right, yeah. But we were kind of, I thought the best approach would be to like, to see out a few different episodes, like four or five, yep. and to see what kind of themes resonate between those, and then sort of pick out like the artwork and the intro and the name. I think that's the... I think that's a better way to go about yeah. it, actually. Yeah, you know, I haven't done, I haven't recommended that approach or tried it with the other three shows I'm working with, but it... I think that's a better way because that will give you some data, like kind of hear your tone, you know, and, and catch your speed. One of the big things to kind of answer your question, you're asking about the quality of the podcast and how you know it's at the right level. I think it takes time to figure out your voice. And one of the things where I think a lot of brands are going is how they are companies. And when you think about the brand, obviously people think automatically the color scheme and how and the feel and look they want to have. That's obvious stuff these days. But the tone that we're going to have because so much stuff is turning to audio. Is going to have to come into thought as well and so how do you figure out your tone 
you don't really know your tone until you kind of get into it. I don't know how to test it yet. You know, like I don't, I don't know if there's a formula for it, but I, I think you'll know after you get into a good 10 episodes and you guys find your rhythm and find your pace with it. So, so finding a good publisher that can match your tone of the brand, I think is very subjective. It's not like a hardcore line I could, I could think of that we could draw, but I think that's really, um, yeah, it just it takes time to do it. So that, yeah, I, that's a pretty cool way to roll it out, man. One of the one of the interesting things that I heard from someone that we were uh, interviewing for the post production was that they, one of the customers that they were working with, actually posted on their first eight episodes like we didn't know what we were doing. If you want high quality, you can jump to episode eight. And I was like, that's actually a really smart idea. Like they're just being upfront with people. Like we didn't know how to edit. We didn't know what our tone was yet. If you want like some good episodes, jump ahead. Right. So on that note, like Joe, have you has, has there been a research that you have come across that certain kinds of tone uh, resonate a lot more with your audience, or like how to test for like which tone resonates the most with your audience? Yeah, man. You know, so me because I'm on the sales front and I feel like I'm on the front lines of the, of the company that I work with. It gives me a really close feel to the customers, right? Because I'm with them, I, I talk to them, I'm following up with them, and you figure out what people want and. A lot of times it's just through listening. And that's where one of the podcasts I have is called Sales Culture to give myself my own plug here. But it's about how that tone about sales is changing. It has to be more about listening. And listening is literally you listen to your, your actual clients and you find out what's important <coughs> to them. That's the shit that you want to sell anyway. And so, you know, finding that tone is based off of kind of what's going to catch their ear, I would say, for them. But based off what you guys can bring to the table and what's valuable to them. And that's where the tone, I believe, really is that that's that Venn diagram. I think of where it sits. Um, so I think it's really through listening to your customers is the best way to get it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, and there's still a lot, and we were, me, me and Henry were talking about this earlier, is how sales is like still perceived as sometimes by a lot of people by hitting the door hard, trying to close hard. And that shit doesn't fly with anybody. <laughs> you, you know, like, I mean, cause, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't work anymore. I mean, I mean, that's not how it's done. It's really more of that honesty piece like, hey, the first eight episodes, we're trying to figure it out. People, I think, would respect that a whole lot more. Mm. I would. You know, I would much rather someone say, hey, I don't know yet, but I'm working on it, and I'll get better at it, and I'll stay on it, and this is what we're trying to do. You know? Opposed to the other play, place of the fake it till you make it, hey, we already got it figured out. You know, I'm ready to rock and roll. Let me show you how great I am, if you're not great. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I mean, hopefully that answers your question. But, yeah, that, that whole tone portion is... I think a lot coming from listening. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. But you know, um, but but you know, it, it's it's funny. It, and one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about, and why I'm kind of excited to talk to you, is because you're using the podcast as as a uh, a strategy to kind of really really get the word out. Um, for a, a lot of businesses, they've kind of fell into it, and they either had a podcasting guy that was big believer like myself, like, hey, I love podcasting, I want to do it, so I'll I'll man it up. But I like how you guys are kind of, kind of coming together as a company, it seems like, and, and being forward, trying to push it forward. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about your strategy with podcasts or your idea with maybe you, where you guys think you want to, want to take it and how it kind of overlays with, with your brand? Right. Um, so there were two reasons why we decided to move ahead with a strategy. Um, one was, as you mentioned, the brand building, right? Um, what are the normal ways of building a brand? Um, which is either, either you uh, publish, uh, you you give Facebook ads or something like that, or you have like, you present in conferences, right? Uh, versus, 
who do we look like, so we look at our, at our audience who, you know who is a, who's our audience uh, growers right um, and and it's a b2c model right there are so many of them so instead of us like trying to see how many uh, if we have a metric of how many growers we can reach out to uh, uh, doing it like one by one or conferences by conferences wasn't possible yeah so what's the best way out um, you know start a podcast by the growers for the growers of the growers right that's um, cool and, and, and it aligns well because most of the growers are out in the fields uh, for six or seven hours in a day. Yeah. They like listening to their phones. Um, that's, that's, that's one. And the second thing was clearly, you know, uh, how do we build relationships in, uh, with exec le- executive level in the ag, ag industry, right? And, 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 and all those executives, uh, you know, they, they, they want to be portrayed as thought leaders yeah. uh, in their spaces. And so you give them a forum for for a, becoming a thought leader, uh, so that they feel their ideas being are being transmitted uh, across to the sector. Uh, then your likelihood of building that relationship increases. To me, is one of the best ways because you have to be honest on the mics. There's something about when you grab the mic, at least when I first grabbed the mic, and you know you can't you can you can you can fake a smile in a picture, you know, like you can you can fluff some things up, but. When people start hearing the tone of your voice, there's something that's authentic about it. I think that that really resonates with people. And so, n- you know, knowing that that's going to be around for eternity or as long as they <laughs> <laughs> are going to keep this RSS feed live, right? Um, you, you know, I, I think it really aligns well with the longevity strategy of, of brand building. And when you start getting in a room with people and just have relaxed conversations, like now I want to hear about where, where you guys are from and how you guys were coming up. Like that's the next next yeah. place we're gonna go. I mean, like it changes the whole context of the conversation. It's just more bigger than business, and and that's how I think that's where we're gonna get back to. Like I was talking to Henry in the car, and we were just saying, uh, you know, it's like there's so much like how life is this big circle, right? You kind of start in this place, and it becomes this extremely transactional business. But if you go back to how business was done with seashells, and you know, when they were trading mm-hmm. for other like bartering for stuff, right? I mean, it was 100% a really heavily relationship-driven type of process. And I think with all the tech that we have that has kind of driven a lot of the AI and, you know, all this learning that we're doing, we're going to get back to a lot of those things that we did in the past. And so, you know, having that longevity of your brand and just your personal brands too matters. So, uh, all right, guys, who wants to start? Where are you guys from? Backgrounds? What are you guys, you know, how are you guys coming up? All right, so... I come from uh, a very small town in the north of India. Mm. Uh, it's very conservative. Uh, conservative to an extent that you can't even sell eggs uh, wow. in the town. Uh, so it's a Hindu holy town, also known as the Mecca of Hindus or a Vatican of Hindus. Um, so I come from that town, uh, grew up there, uh, you know, <coughs> till, till my high school. Uh, I was there till my high school. And the funny thing is I, I, I studied in a missionary christian school so i i you know i grew up uh, are you christian no you i'm hindu, hindu. okay uh, yeah so I, I, I so i was raised in a very conservative yeah, hindu holy family yes but then i studied in a very conservative christian school i get, that. <laughs> I get it i get it so i'm not catholic but i went to a catholic high school for numerous years it's because you know is that probably the exact same reason why you went to a christian school it, you know yeah I keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, uh, you're right. And it was it's funny, like uh, reading uh, Bible in the school and then coming back and reading like our Hindu holy scripture Gita uh, in the house. Uh, yeah. 
But anyways, I did that, and 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 uh, uh, till that time I was like a, you know, as you say, like a frog in a small pond, mm-hmm. uh, a small pond. Didn't know what what exists beyond that pond. Yeah. Um, and uh, the first time I flew was when I was 19. Back uh, uh, then, when I was coming to the U.S. for for my summer internship. That uh, you know, the first flight that I ever took was was an international flight. Okay. <laughs> wow! Wow! You ask me, like, thirty-two <laughs> hours, <Yeah>. three stops. <laughs> I just want to get broken into it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess flying across the country is like a cakewalk. Now you're like three hours is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And then yeah, I've been like, uh, uh, but fortunately, be you know, I. I uh, I, I feel lucky that I grew up uh, with that kind of, um, you know, an, an upbringing uh, mm-hmm. with values. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, those values are still driving uh, a lot of what I am right now and what I will be. Uh, and some of those values are also uh, central to the com- to this company as well that we are running. That's awesome, man. Really cool. So, Bona, let's hear it, man. Yeah, I feel like you didn't even jump into, like, your actual, like, Adult life at all? Your background. <laughs> he skipped out on a lot. Did um, he? Did he? Yeah. Right. He's, being, he's, being, he's, being he's being humble. He's being humble. Um, it's background, man. It's yeah. Keep it relaxed. Yeah. So I'm actually more from your area. I'm from Long Beach originally. Okay. okay cool. In Southern California. Nice. Um, was raised in an Iranian family. I did not go to Christian or Catholic school. Yeah. I went to public school. <laughs> That's what's talking about. Um, Wilson High School. Yeah. yeah nice. Um, yeah, I went to UC Berkeley after graduating from Wilson, studied civil engineering there. Uh, stayed for a year of grad school, focusing on like renewable energy and climate change stuff. Partially from the standpoint of like not knowing what I wanted to do yet, but partially because I had somewhat explored the space before and got into it. Um, and then just worked for some clean tech companies. I worked um, in venture capital, focusing on clean tech for a while. Mm-hmm. And then decided that I just missed being on the side of building stuff. Uh, and I came across the, this job opportunity in this like fellowship page I'm a part of, reached out to Himanshu. And at first he was in India, so he didn't respond to me for a week. And then he responded <laughs> and, I, and I was in Cuba and I was like, I only have reception for one day, but I'll respond to you in a week when I'm back. Um, That's all the best startups build, man. I, I <laughs> Seriously. And then uh, it worked out and now we're here and it's now, now we're trying to start this podcast. So excited. So, so literally you guys got linked up because you reached out just pretty much to like an actual job post or? Yeah, well okay. it was, so I did this fellowship thing in the fall, which mm-hmm. is like climate and energy focused. Yep. Um, and then I think Hamanchu met some guy at a party who was had done the fellowship three years prior. Nice. And that guy posted it in the job page. And then I just uh, reached out and we took it from there and it ended up working out. Cool, really cool, man. So all right, let's talk about your adulthood because I feel like yeah. I feel like Bon is right, man. I mean, you know, like we kind of stopped at like twenty or something. You said you're nineteen, yeah. took your flight, and we're like, all right, small pond to CEO. That's a nice jump, man. <laughs> so, so I mean, like, I mean, no, no, no. But, but honestly, how'd you guys get to this place? Like, I, how'd you get to climate AI? Like, how did this come about? Because there's, I mean, obviously you're in the Bay. I mean, there's, you know, the whole startup thing is real out here. I think it's. It's difficult to to not at least dip your toe in the water and and want to do something just for yourself or at least you know built around your mission. So how would you guys end up with this as your mission? All right. Um, so so Bona keeps asking me as to what the real story is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're probably gonna get I'm gonna to get it. it one day. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bona's like finally. I can think of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have seen uh, you know our 
us yeah. telling, you know, talking to our clients yeah. about the audience of climate AI that has kept on changing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we tailor it to a particular client. Yeah. Uh, but that said, uh, you know, the real story is I've spent six years uh, working in this field of climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked in um, private sector, public sector. Uh, in the private sector, I was with this French energy company, Arriva, uh, in their smart grids team, where they were trying to deploy a smart uh, transmission products uh, for European Indian grids. Um, did, did some stuff there, and then somehow I got lucky that I got this opportunity to work in Prime Minister's office in India. Uh, back then, they were trying to figure out, uh, you know, renewable energy was a new thing in the game uh, in 2012 or something. Um, so they wanted, they had zero background in tech, uh, technology. Uh, they were experts in politics and policy and finance. Sure. And I was, I had zero background in policy and politics and finance. I had a lot of background in technology. So it matched very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then, because there was no one else, uh, you know, doing anything, anything related to technology, I, uh, I got a lot more responsibility than I could like imagine uh, in Prime Minister's office. Uh, Starting from like helping uh, my boss uh, uh, with writing technical uh, te- technical policy memos to finally crafting you know the plan for India for the 12 you know uh, renewable energy plan for India uh, uh, in 2012 sure. um, and then uh, because then you suddenly build trust that you can perform uh, and and to be honest I got lucky because the bar to performance was so low and you could imagine in, in government offices. Uh, <laughs> Like most governments, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the barrier is like, all right, is that guy still alive in there? <laughs> yeah, he's working, man. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, close to your mouth. sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, and and my my boss used to be he's he's an he was an Oxford grad, okay. uh, a Rhodes scholar, very smart. Yeah. Um, but then he he had this thing that okay, how can uh, you know, developed economies like IEA, International Energy Agency, with a bunch of like uh, uh, high, uh, 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 you know, experts from from Europe coming together and, and telling us what to do with our own country. Sure. Um, and and why not we have our own uh, you know energy and climate modeling center where we can assess what India requires uh, with the constraints the constraints that we have mm-hmm. um, and come up with something which which people believe in more, like, um, and he look at the room, okay, who will do it? All right, Himanshu will do it. (laughs) 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 The way I do it with Bona now, like, we don't need to start a podcast. Who will do it? Bona will do it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, carries right on, man. I'm passing the legacy down, I'm telling you. Beautiful. All right, so that was pretty much it. And and, and in that process, whether I was leading uh, the entire climate modeling for India, yes, I got to meet uh, basically who's and who uh, in the entire uh, sec- you know climate sector, including CEOs, uh, not in, not just in India with uh, around the world, because the policies that we would roll out affect companies like BP, Shell, uh, GE, sure. uh, the big renewable energy players, transport players. The build a good network, uh, talk to okay, policy experts, uh, and so on and so forth, and and realize that uh, you know, given the future climate change scenarios, uh, countries like India are so screwed. Hmm. Uh, in any case, when I was in Prime Minister's office, we used to think about how every year ten thousand farmers commit suicide. Wow. Uh, in the west of India, because that region is very much drought with uh, with with is, is drought prone. 
so they have no other choice. So they, they start growing their crops, uh, and then uh, more often than not, droughts are becoming more frequent and, and intense. Uh, they can't repay their loans, and uh, they end up committing suicides. Wow. And we what the 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 you know the the solution that government would have would have uh, back in India is probably similar to like every government would have, like roll out these packages and route you know or these uh, debt relief funds, but that's more of like a band aid yeah. rather than a long term solution. Um, so that's when I realized that um, someone needs to actually come up with uh, these tools. Um, and 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 and, um, and and products to actually help uh, stakeholders like these growers uh, in India or like energy companies and whatnot, who are realizing that physical risk of climate change are becoming absolutely central every year. And so I always had this thing that there's a need, and and the need is actually increasing every year yeah. as people are realizing more and more. I just didn't know. Uh, I just just didn't have the confidence to start a company because I had always worked in. Uh, everything else except for like uh, you know uh, starting something of my own um, and and that's pretty much like coming to Stanford gave me that confidence uh, and the, you know the network that Stanford has the professors that you have and it's uh, it's it's easier to start a company from there and so I, I always had the idea just never had the ecosystem uh, and the confidence to do it I just got this confidence uh, three years ago that's awesome, my co-founder Max uh, that's also very central to starting this like we, we, you know, uh, thinking about, like, we started with being project mates uh, back at the business school to the point that, okay, let's go, let's go to this party and see if we can find some dates um, <laughs> together. Uh, to to the point that uh, we became roommates um, uh, and uh, eventually we find, ended up finding dates together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and we started, uh, ended up starting company together. Uh, we got engaged at the same time. Wow. And we are getting married the same year as well oh that's cool man that's super <laughs> cool man dude so that story should be told like a thousand times man i mean because um i think that there's a lot of stats that people hear about climate change but you know numbers don't really move people normally you know because you hear so many stats about what's happening out there and and like oh okay yeah there's you know there's more droughts it's more frequent you know, weather pattern changes and there's temperature rising and we hear them, you know, we're like, oh yeah, it's bad, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's not normally the thing that gets us to move into action. That story though, like hearing that there's farmers that become so stressed because they can't pay off their debt and you know, obviously, I mean, that that's a, that's a mover, that's a market mover to me, or at least that's an emotional hot button to at least get people to say stop and let me think about what, what options are out there. Um, that's cool, man, I love that. I love the backstory behind it. It's really cool, but but you know, um, so all right, you, you guys have the backstory. So tell me a little bit about where you guys are going now. So you guys obviously are launching a podcast, trying to get the word out. Um, you're trying to build the partnerships. Um, how's the process? And maybe kind of maybe what's some ideas or strategy you guys are working on? If you don't mind digging into the weeds, and if you don't, I'll edit that out. Bernard, <laughs> <laughs> you want to start? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so Himanshu mentioned this, this issue of like the risk that climate change is starting to bring about. Um, and I guess what we're trying to do is we're really trying to build an industry around this concept of climate resilience. Yeah. So the term climate just means weather after 14 days. So whether that happens one month, three months, one year, 10 years from now, 
is all called climate. And climate change is a part of that, but it's not the only part. Like we can, there's things that happen in terms of like weather volatility a few months from now that we wanna deal with. Um, but in general, we're trying to create this industry of climate resilience to help virtually every sector of the economy. And it's, so Himanshu is talking about this like emotional story and that's definitely what drives all of us and that's why we all join this company. Mm -hmm. But there's also a financial component and that's like what will appeal more to companies and that's how it's gonna become more actionable and tangible for these individuals. Mm -hmm. um, every sector from the energy sector to agriculture to construction to insurance to finance all require an understanding of what the weather is going to be doing um, anywhere from a few months to a few years, right? If you're a construction worker, you want to know when it's going to rain so you don't bring in your drywall and get it screwed up and have to get a new shipment come in. Yeah. Um, if you're an energy company, you want to know how much wind power you're going to generate in the next year. You want to know where to put your wind farm. If you're an agriculture company, you know, what type of crop should I plant this year? What's going to be happening a year from now? So it really touches every sector of the economy. Um, and we think that climate uh, information needs to be factored into all these decisions, not just because it's the morally right thing to do, but because it's a financially sustainable decision. So really trying to price climate into things because it's beneficial from both those standpoints. Love it. Yeah, 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 100%. Because, you know, I think that the whole backstory gets people to wake up and pay attention. Mm -hmm. But what holds and what makes true business choices, you got to have some ROI. Yeah. You got to have some real, you know, metrics around what you're up to. Yeah, the, I would. Cool. I would just like to add, like the difficult thing is that climate change has become a polarized issue. Mm. So for some industries, we have to target the financial component a lot more and leave out a lot of that terminology because they have a natural aversion towards it because they think, oh, even if we say the word climate, not even climate change, it's associated with climate change, and they jump to immediately Democrat. And if they are a primarily Republican constituency and a Republican industry. Um, it's a very hard sell, so we need to be careful how we like position things for people, and that's that's been a tough line to walk, but we're starting to figure out how to navigate it. It's really cool, man. I mean, you know, uh, one of the things I was talking to somebody else about last week when they were talking about, you know, you know, where's podcast going? Is just you know questions about podcasting, and I was like, look, one of the things that's cool about podcasting is you can wrap some context around the conversation, whereas if you do a, a simple blog post, most people don't read them; they just read the headline, and then they assume what you said, right? We do a Facebook pic, they assume what the picture's about. I mean, and so, but podcast, you can have a conversation and not saying that you're going to force them to believe or you're not going to work that in, but it, you're normally the single voice that's happening or that conversation that's happening in their earbuds mm -hmm. at, the, at, at the moment. So they can at least hear out the full thought, whereas it's yeah. not just a sound bite that you grab and then roll. Yeah, there's yeah. there's also like the added like empathy component of like you're with the person and you're way more likely to be able to try to like feel what the other person's feeling if you're face to face as opposed to reading a like a blog post and then just getting into like angry comments section <laughs> you know you're like there's a lot of research that shows like looking into someone's eyes makes you way more likely to be empathetic 100 yeah. percent. so i think that's a really good point what are you trying to say like youtube comments aren't legit come on you go no, on there no <laughs> i see you're clear i hate i'm like i used to we had a conversation about this at lunch the other day and one of our i was like i do not even touch them and one of my coworkers was like that's how I became a professor. Like I was like so into like disproving people in wow. YouTube comments and like getting into it. And then he was like, eventually it just became too much and I had to pull out, but. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, man, you know, if you try to battle that, that's a, that, I mean, I'm sure you're gonna definitely sharpen your actual wit, just being able to kind of get yeah. in there. But man, it, we're talking about a waste of energy. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, talk about something better to do. Man. And some people are just there to poke. Yeah. Oh, look, look, come 
on. Yeah. Some people are just sitting at the house eating Cheerios. Like, hey, <laughs> even just say anything negative. You know, I'm with you, but I'm just going to go the other way, you know? Yeah. Just, just, just to try to get a response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, well, guys, you know what? We are, we are about to wrap up, man. But um, any other closing thoughts you guys kind of want to leave about climate AI and, where you, and maybe some opportunities you guys are looking for? Maybe you guys have the podcast coming out. Any guests you guys are looking for to kind of jump on the podcast? You know, um, so so we you know we we had a call with uh, Peter Mondavi Jr., uh, the owner of Mondavi Wines. Wow. Um, so he he was he would be our first uh, podcast guest. Um, That's a great way to start. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. and we were surprised like the kind of enthusiasm that he showed when he when we asked him like would you be like would you like to be on a podcast that we are starting and we were like very honest like we are starting the podcast would you like to be our first guest and he said yeah sure I would love to. If I, you know, uh, please come over to to Napa Farms and uh, we can do a podcast here. Uh, so that was pretty encouraging. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, having said that, you know, it seems like uh, if it, even if this becomes, uh, you know, uh, normally effective, um, we can get in, uh, you know, the who's and who of uh, agriculture sector. But also because we have to be very grounded and, and think about like who did we start the podcast for, for growers. So we also have to target, uh, you know, those progressive growers who are doing stuff uh, for their fields and have realized value from that mm-hmm. uh, with regards to climate, uh, climate change. So that other growers, when they listen to them, they also think about, okay, you know, uh, this is maybe, uh, you know, this is something I need to do to increase yields in the long run. To increase, uh, you know, to maintain to to maintain sustainability of my farms in the long run, and and they are more likely to believe uh, the other fellow growers than anyone else telling them what to do. Yeah, no, it's true, man. You know, it's a. Uh, I got some ideas around that too, but yeah, I think targeting the trying to loop the, the growers into the conversation is is super important because um, you, you know if it's, if it's a podcast for the company, you want to to build those partnerships and build those relationships. Um, targeting the people that you want to network with and you know and obviously work with is um, is, is key as well as those influencers people that are just like the actual sexy names right mm-hmm. yeah because uh, we talk about <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah. You, you talk about growing the podcast you know having the right collabs having the right people on the show um, all those help and influence and just help the podcast get found help the word get spread and people would want to hear from them you know like just they want to tune in to hear oh well what are they doing and why do they care about this? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's cool, man. I think it'll also be interesting to see how the views differ between like these corporates, the growers and the academics because there's be a lot really of conflicting fun. information that comes out. Of course. And it'll be interesting to see True. how that works out and how the dialogue goes between these three different parties that don't normally get to interact very often. Who's going to host it? Are you going to be the host? I think Come Manchu, on. yeah. We, both of you guys will host? Yeah, both of us will host it. And oh, that's then, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I kind of like it when there's, if you can get two different people in the room to kind of moderate, or if you have, like, so one thing I, saw, I heard from the guys at Gimlet Media recently, they say that the highest performing shows, and, and I see this as well, um, the highest, most downloaded shows are the guys that get into this companionship type of podcast, which is, which is interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because you get these people having these banter back and forth. And you feel like you're just a friend in the room, you know, like a fly in the wall. Yeah. And you're just listening. Like, oh, yeah, these are my guys. Like, you don't know them. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, you don't know them at all. Yeah. But you feel like you're, you're, you're kind of with them. If you saw them, you kind of know them enough already. Um, and so when you have two, two hosts, you can kind of get that. Um, 
as well as the guys, if you can get someone that can naturally loosen people up. So you guys have a good energy with each other. Like I feel like you guys could lead it and talk about the technical aspects. You got the you have the passion. You have the you know almost like the art and science. It's kind of how I'm looking at you guys. And <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, that's a nice flow. That's a nice flow. So you guys can kind of work that in because when you get people from opposite sides of thought, um, being able to balance up the conversation has been one of the art forms. I feel like. It, that has to be developed over time. Yeah, it's talking to people that don't understand your backgrounds and that can't get their arms around why you think the way you think. You know about certain situations, and but those are the those are the, those are the most needed conversations, right? And the more that I think that we can have them in a space where it's you know relaxed and not just you know you know <laughs> not even gonna talk about the news channels <laughs> <laughs> type of debate style that everyone's kind of you know exhausted of. I would imagine. Um, that's going to be some of the best quality content for you guys to kind of get out there yeah. and spread. That's, I've, I've never noticed that, but that's like I definitely, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's exactly. Like all the podcasts that I really enjoy, yeah. the the people I listen to, I just feel like I'm like, like I'll be like cooking food, like laughing, and my friend's like, what are you, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, we're, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends in my podcast. That's it. I mean, I, I mean, some of the top ones are just like that, man. So, I mean, then it's just the same couple guys, maybe they invite yeah. somebody else in the room. And they talk about the subject and then kind of, you know, get into it. And it's that easy back and forth. So, And that's why Joe Rogan is crazy because he does it alone. Like he can make anyone into a socialite and gets everyone to open up and it turns into a two-hour free-flowing conversation. And he's just doing it. It's a real skill set. He's a crazy guy. And, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, like I feel like I, I, mean, I, listen, to, I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. And, but, yeah, it, it's a real art form that he has, like yeah. to kind of get in the room. And he pulls different opinions, people, different thoughts. I mean – he, and he, but he, he still does it where a way he doesn't lose like himself in the process. Yeah. Like you kind of still know where he stands to, yeah. but he lets the person voice where they you know and why they kind of got to where they got to. And he's a really smart guy. Like I always I knew him through UFC. So when yeah. I found out he had a podcast and I started listening to it, I was like, what? This guy is actually like very in, intelligent. And, like mm-hmm. was was like going back and forth and was making people who were professionals in their field question their own views. And I was like, wow, this guy yeah. is all around an insane person. Hey, man, Bono, that's going to be you coming up. Yeah, hopefully, we'll see, hopefully. <laughs> the brand new Joe Rogan, man, hey. hey. Shave my head. Give me some UFC. Put on like 40 pounds. Yeah. And then I'll be <laughs> well, all right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up, man. But please tell everybody how to find you guys, how to learn more about the company, and you know any other websites that you guys think are relevant. Yeah, well, the website is climate.ai. We got the domain, luckily. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know how you guys pull that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serious. Uh, that's yeah, it's, thanks to my co-founder. Like he, so Max, um, he was locked into his laptop, I'm not kidding, for seven consecutive days <laughs> so that no one else ends up getting, you know, uh, buying that, that domain name. He was just waiting on it for like that, you know, for it to kind of like free up or what? And there's like this was like a dynamic <laughs> bidding process, right? <laughs> yeah. So he bid and he was waiting like no one else should end up bidding higher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he was waiting on it, oh, uh, it yeah. switching to his to his bidding screen like every five minutes, every ten minutes. Jeez. And he did that for seven days, and thanks to that guy's, you know, uh, sweat and toil, we have that <laughs> domain name. Okay, man. Respect. Yeah. He's already like five <laughs> committed. He's in. <laughs> he's in. I'm just sure out the whole um, domain name. Any other type of social media handles you guys are on? You guys LinkedIn? You guys doing Instagram or Twitter? This this podcast is kind of our entry into the real world. I think we've yeah. been kind of low key while we figure out what we're doing, and yeah. we're kind of starting to get our traction, figuring out our bearings. So I think the podcast is the first way through. Love it, man. Love it. Well, you know what, guys? Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Fun talking to you guys. Look forward to checking out your show. But if you guys find the name, maybe I'll uh, come back and post it later. But up until then, man, really, guys, uh, really appreciate you guys jumping into podcast space. We need more companies talking about things that they actually care about.
you know, and doing it with the right heart and, and the right intent to God. And yeah. Sorry, guys, we're out. And just like that, it's a wrap. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Tell a friend, drop some show notes. It really helps the podcast get discovered. Until next time, I appreciate you guys tuning in.